Hey, Susanna. What's up, Tavit? Dude, it is it is hot outside. It is hot. Like, it's super hot today. Nasty hot. I feel like it's been hot for like the last few days. Maybe I feel like it's been hot the whole last week. Yeah, definitely around here. I mean, and we had a really hot period a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did. I'm, yeah, I feel like it's... It's like I left New York City and that was a oven, but I came upstate and I assumed there'd be some sort of relief. But this is, I mean, this feels weird. Is this weird? I don't know. It it's is very... weird. You know, honestly, it is usually cooler. I mean, we're right at the end of June. It doesn't usually get this hot for like another several weeks here. Yeah. And I mean, even like, I mean, look at that. Look at my thermometer. It's almost 100 today. It's almost 100 like, that today. is hot. What even is... for the Hudson Valley, that is hot. Yeah. I... Yeah, I know this is usually where I, like, summon a dad joke or whatever, but when it gets this hot, I just cannot summon the, like, energy to do that. Nope. Um, so, yeah. I I also just, like, I, I don't know if you've been seeing this news about the Pacific Northwest. Like, it's crazy, dude. It's really bad there. Like, what's going on? I, I heard there were, like, ground temperatures that were, like, 115, 120 degrees mm-hmm. yesterday. Triple digits. Like, the infrastructure is melting. I heard that, like, roads are actually coming apart. It's way too hot. And people are dying in their homes. Yo, what is this? Like, what's going on? I mean, this is... I've been reading, you know, left and right that um, some of these conditions are uh, exacerbated by climate change, so... You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't Let's know, just, talk about it. I guess we got to talk about it, right? We this is do the, it. This is the solar spill, and I don't know. It feels weird to play that happy music, so maybe this will be a special episode yeah. where I won't play as happy music. Good call. Yeah. Well, here we are. Solar spill. Some sort of music plays. It's getting hot in here. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I guess maybe we should play some Nelly. It's getting so hot yeah so hot i'm gonna take my clothes off i don't even know if taking your clothes off would necessarily like, this is like dangerous hot right i know we're, yeah. that, i'm being silly but it is really like oppressively hot it's yeah. not like fun in miami take your clothes off no 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 and let's like get this right out of the way guys we're about to talk about some stuff that's like happening right now um in the pacific northwest of course and uh, in our neighbor to the north canada um but this is i mean if you haven't heard, there are unprecedented heat waves in the Pacific Northwest, um, and they are deadly. And they are not only you know melting roads and infrastructure, but they are killing people. Uh, the, the the heat waves are insane. Um, houses out in the West were not built for this, and it's just it's it's yet another sort of um, indicator, unfortunately, of what our future could look like uh, if we don't take drastic action right away um to mitigate the worst effects of climate change so i just wanted to like if we can just ground for a moment the fact that like yes we're sitting here in you know the northeast um and yeah sure it's 90 degrees outside uh and it's hot but we are nowhere near uh the dire situation that's going on uh, for our countrymen and our neighbors to the north in the west so we just want to send like you know all of our i don't even know i can't it's not even like thoughts and prayers like I'm sending all of our hope for direct action immediately, um, and I'm sending, obviously, as cool a vibe as possible that way, which will not obviously save lives, but will um, hopefully, I don't even know, just what else can you do in a, in a moment like this? Yeah, well um, said. And Susanna, like, uh, just, to, just to sort of ground our conversation, <laughs> for lack of a better way of asking this, how hot is it really? Like, how, how hot are we talking about? Is this, is this normal? It is very hot, and it is not normal is the bottom line 
Um, but let me tell you some specifics. So Salt Lake City, uh, usually a pretty warm place in the summertime. On Tuesday, it hit 107 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my gosh. Tying an all-time high that they had. So, like, all-time in 150 years. 107 was the hottest it has ever been in 150 years. Um, this is only the third time that that's happened. And all the other times that it's happened, it's been in July. So we're not even to the hottest part of the season for Salt Lake City, and it's already hitting record high temperatures. Oh, great. I'll be there in two weeks. Lovely. Bring a hat. Yeah, bring a hat and my children. (laughs) Oh, great. It's not just Salt Lake City. Uh, Nevada expected to hit all-time highs this week. Las Vegas expected to hit 116, which is its record this week. Phoenix... Usually in the low 100s right now, like 105, you know, triple digit isn't unusual there for June, but they've already hit 115, which they don't usually see until July. Oh my gosh. They had five 115 days. That was the last record, so they've tied their last record. They're going to hit it again, but guess when that last record was hit? Twenty twenty. Oh my god! Just last year, they oh, had no, 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 a, a no. five day string that broke a record, and they're going to do that again. Yeah. Portland, Oregon, hit one twelve, which was breaking their record of one oh eight, which had just been set a few days earlier. Oh my god! The previous record from like years before was one oh seven. One fourteen is forecast for later this week. That is really unusual for a town to be breaking records by not just a whole degree, but many degrees. Like that leap from 107 to 112 is unusual. Usually when you're breaking a temperature record, it's by 0.2, 0.5. It's not even a whole degree that you're breaking a record. And they broke a record here of five degrees. Right. Seattle is going to hit 110 this week. They have only had three days of more than 100 in 150 years. Wow. And they're going to hit 110. So in 150 years of keeping temperature records, Seattle has only had three days that went even over 100, and they're going to hit 110 this week. Wow. It is unusually very hot. Uh In one of these articles we were reading, they were talking about Portland, and they said... Yeah, you know, Portland gets hot sometimes. Sure, yeah, right. In the 1940s, Portland had about 10 days a year when the daily high temperature topped 90. Mm. You know, 10 days, top 90. So yeah, we have some hot summer days, but in general, below 90. Right. Very temperate, very comfortable. Those 10 days, you're a little sweaty above 90. Now, in 2021, it's double that. It's expected 20 days are going to be over 90. And they're saying by mid-century, it's going to be 40 days over 90. So, I mean, all these things combine, if we're seeing this sort of uptrend in global heating, it really, it makes me think about that, you know, horrendously achievable uh, metric of the four degrees or whatever, right? Like the, the climate scientists have been railing on about for decades right. now. Where, the one and a half degree C right. average temperature rise exactly. that we can't go past. And we can't go past we it. are going and past. It really just, yeah, it makes it feel inevitable in some ways when we look at these kinds of numbers, which is of course terrifying. Um, I think it also just recontextualizes it because you think, okay, you know, one and a half degrees C, what is that? If our hottest day here is 95, then what we're talking about? I mean, even on average, right? right? right, Averaging all the temperatures together, we're getting one and a half degrees hotter. 
But then you see how this is actually playing out in real time. And we're seeing these records being broken in very unusual ways. Hotter temperatures happening much earlier in the season. The jumps to the hotter temperatures being much bigger than any jumps have been in the past. Exactly. I mean, between June 10th and June 15th, high temperatures were setting records in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana. That's just the U.S. Right, exactly. In Canada, in in British Columbia, that's like even farther north. That's what's terrifying me the most when we think about like, you know, ice <laughs> melting and yeah. sea levels rising. British Columbia had a record of 121 degrees F. Oh my gosh. How nuts is that? 121? Yeah, I regret asking you this question of how hot is it really? Because this is, I mean, this is scary. This is alarming. Over 100 people died in Canada because it was so hot. And places like Canada, places like the Pacific Northwest, they're not used to these crazy temperatures. You know, sometimes I see these things and coming from Dallas, Texas, I'm like, well, go inside, you know? It's not the best, but Texas experiences multiple weeks of triple-digit temperatures. Of course. You go inside, you go to the pool, like you're just not out a ton. It's kind of like our winter. It's like, it's really cold, I'm going to stay inside by the fire, right? But these parts of the world are not prepared for those kinds of temperatures because they are so unusual. Yeah, reading in these articles also that like many of the homes, not even the state infrastructure, but the local homes are built to trap heat specifically, right? Like, it's, it's this wild concept that, like, the way that we have planned, organized our societies, uh, society writ large, but then, like, our, our localities and our, you know, principalities and how we live have been always in some semblance of a relationship with the natural world, whether we acknowledge it or not. The way our homes and roads are built, you know, the, the infrastructure we have. I mean, you brought up Texas being more heat resilient. We saw what happened earlier in the year when we turned the... Yeah. When it got turn the temperature down, you know, like everything broke down. And so exactly. like we're at this point where, you know, even, you know, tw- 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but now, you know, alarmingly uh, on a month by month basis, like this is exactly what climate scientists are sort of warning us about that. Like we're not really like as human beings on earth, we're not equipped to deal with this. Like the earth on a long enough continuum will be fine. We're just killing our ability to like survive on this planet and the water levels are rising. And uh, honestly, with like, with all of this, you know, to sort of refocus ourselves back on the articles we read that we'll post the links to, obviously, in the description uh, to the podcast. Um, you know, focusing for a moment on what's happening um, in Oregon, uh, there's an interesting connection all the way back to Salt Lake City, which you brought up as well. Um, so this article that we're, you know, putting out there, it's the, it's the Scientific American basically getting into um, how climate change might be exacerbating uh, the problem uh, with this heat wave in Oregon because of this thing called a heat dome. Yeah, this is this is really interesting stuff because when I was reading about these record high temperatures in the Northwest and just it does seem just so much hotter than what you would imagine yes. with a 1.5 degree C change in our average temperature, you know? Yeah. Like that's what we talk about. But this is what we're getting in the real world. Like why is it so hot? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I actually for I, I actually personally first experienced um the uh the the sort of practical concept practicalities of the concept of the heat dome actually in Salt Lake City. So I travel a lot to Salt Lake City to visit my in laws. Um my wife's family's all from Utah. Um, and they split between like Salt Lake City and a tiny town called Roosevelt. So uh, we love going there. It's a great visit. And at one point, we were even thinking about moving out there. 
Um, and something that I learned as we were looking uh, for where we might want to live when we were hypothetically out there, I learned about this thing called the inversion. The inversion is like Salt Lake City's version of the Sounds heat. Sounds like dome. a cool yoga move. <laughs> it's basically it's a it's a it's a yoga move that might kill you. Everybody does a headstand. <laughs> yeah, at the same everyone does time. a headstand and breathes it. Well, basically, like so, a heat dome uh, and Salt Lake City's inversion is an area of high pressure, like up in the upper atmosphere, a sort of dome of high pressure, like gets trapped over an area and just like sits down on it, parks on it, and what happens is. In some cases, it traps heat. Uh, in some cases, it traps heat and pollutants uh, mm. and all sorts of other stuff. And it can have like really terrible effects. So in Oregon, so this... it's kind of like a lid almost? It like is a in lid. An area? It okay. is a lid. And unfortunately, it does not keep necessarily like heat or um, the sun's rays like out, right? This is not like, mm. a, this is not like, like a our ozone lid. layer. No, this is like a lid that lets a lot of bad things in and then traps that heat and those pollutants and all that terrible stuff in, okay. recirculates it over and over, essentially creating a convection oven. And that is not me like oh smiling. Goodness. It's me being like, there are people, like Oregon and much of the Pacific Northwest is essentially in an oven. And the same oxygen that's being pushed up to the top of this dome is then getting recirculated back down and is getting heated on its way back down and higher altitudes will heat this stuff and will basically convect right back down to the surface. Oh my gosh, how do you get rid of it? Uh, like how do well, you take the lid off? We have to start to, what these articles get into and what the climate scientists have been studying is that um, a lot of the Pacific coasts heat dome phenomenon are either created by or drastically exacerbated by cyclones, right? In the Atlantic, we Cyclones. have yeah, yeah. In the Atlantic, we have our hurricanes. Like we have hurricane season, and like more and more, as even as a native New Yorker, more and more we've been seeing in my lifetime, like these Caribbean tropical yeah. storms that yeah. happened every single year are like, now. Where is it gonna land? Right, There's and they're like now like arcing all the way up the coast, yeah. and we see them not only battering Florida, not only battering Texas, which we've been used to. They are crawling up the coast. They're destroying the Carolinas, as we saw in the past year. They're making it up to New York, Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Irene. All of these started as tropical storms. The West Coast, the Pacific, has cyclones. These are deep Pacific storms that are forming. And they form much larger storm patterns as the uh, temperature of the, of the ocean has been heating up. We know that the ocean level rising and the surface like levels, like the surface temperatures, uh, rising have been attributed directly to climate change yeah. like this is we know like we people who like study climate science and like believe that it is real like know that that is an attributing factor and those cyclones create the high pressure system the storm at an altitude that can sit and plant itself right on top of portland or right on top of a community uh, and not move basically get dumped mm. on there and not dissipate until the right conditions of wind temperature whatever like can dissipate it and it's this horrible self-fulfilling self prophecy like bad spiral of like it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse so okay so we are putting too much co2 into the atmosphere break it down which is creating a blanket of pollution which is making the whole planet hotter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is making the ocean hotter yeah which means in the western part of the U.S., there are more cyclones happening that are stronger and bigger storm systems, which then create these bigger high-pressure areas, which then come and sit over the land yeah. that make these 
crazy heat domes and that is why the pacific northwest is so hot right now. yeah that's why the pacific northwest is so hot right now and that's why to bring it all the way back to like salt lake city's inversion their version of bad with these dome phenomena is it's not just trapping heat it's actually trapping carbon monoxide salt lake city is surrounded by mountains it's really beautiful and crazy to fly into it because you're like oh my god we're gonna hit the mountains ah. But then you're down there and you're like surrounded by like, oh, I could ski there. I could hike there. Look at this observatory. Wow. But the dome sits in and traps all of the carbon monoxide that's being spit out by processing plants, businesses, cars, homes, everything. And it just literally recirculates. So Salt Lake City has so many bad air quality days that are so severe that my partner and I, my wife and I were like, oh, we want to live in these neighborhoods, we can't afford them. We want to live in these neighborhoods, we can't afford them. And look at the hundreds of days per year uh, that people are living with terrible air quality and look at the rate of asthma in children who were raised in these communities. Now, this isn't just like a, you know, oh, woe is me, I can't buy my house. This is a climate justice issue, right? The communities that have been, you know, stratified to live in these places traditionally, they, they don't look like us white people traditionally. And if they do, they're from a very different economic like world and, and upbringing, let's say. And these communities that are now being gentrified are finally coming to terms with like, oh, this is bad. We need to like start to clean up the act. And it's far too late. The plants are built there, whatever. So anyway, sorry, I digress. But basically the dome can be bad for heat. The dome can be bad for heat and pollution. And it'll affect a different community based on its unique topography and geography in very different ways. It's all horrible. Like, mind you, it's all horrible. And the dome, it sounds like the dome is happening regardless of climate change, but climate change is just making it much, much worse. Yes, climate change is making it last longer. Uh, it's making the dome, like, like persist longer when it lands. And it can, in fact, also, like, sort of strengthen or enlarge the scope of that dome uh, in some cases. So the cyclones are getting bigger and they're creating higher pressure systems that can basically survive for longer as they cross over into land. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. Um, and so, you know, far be it from us in the solar spill to just like end on a really, really bad. Yeah, this is bumming me out, man, because yeah. like aren't like not only is the dome creating the pollution trap and the super hot weather, but isn't it also like creating more droughts mm -hmm. and then also increasing risk of wildfires? It's increasing risk of wildfires. I mean, like if we can start to think about like... First of all, for anybody with keen ears, yes, a beautiful dog has just entered the... Yeah, sorry. It's not a recording booth. We we, have, we work where we live. We live where we work. Uh, Susanna's awesome dog is joining us for a second. But yeah, it's not... It's not. It's it's all the bads. Plus, if we really do believe the science, we can start to see that there is a direct, maybe causal link between that initial, you know, carbon in the air that you so broke down, so well broke down for us that... Maybe there should be a connection between the carbon that's getting spit into the air and the people that are going to die over that have already died and that will continue to die over this ridiculous hotter than it could be hotter than it should be uh, season. I'm bummed. I'm, I'm bummed too. Bummed. I'm bummed too. And I, I was like deeply, darkly bummed about all of this because I think if we look at this alone, it feels inevitable in the bad way. Yeah. And we're already there. Like, this, like the dome's already happening, the wildfire's already happening, the asthma's already happening. Yeah. And we've hardly even stopped the train from going in. The, like, 
we're still pulling the brake on the train to get it to go in the other we're direction. Still, you know we're I mean? still wrapping our fingers around the brake handle. Like, yeah. we're still convincing people that, like, we should be going, the, going other way. the other way or slowing down. And so we really do need to say, look, we can, we can either just lay down and die. And that looks like uh, us romanticizing, like, easier beach vacations over the next few years and you know, kind of putting out of our minds that like drinking water is going to become harder to come by and that some places of Earth on Earth will legitimately become uninhabitable and that will create a migration crisis uh, that is bigger than the politicization of that language that will be an actual migration crisis that will threaten additional water tables, food supply shortages, etc. Et so we can get stuck in the doom and gloom. But it'll be there if we don't act. So we have to act, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there, I, I began to gather some hope uh, that we will expound upon in the very next episode, uh, which is going to be like the sort of the, the two-parter to this. Um, the hope is that there are um, some legal challenges uh, being brought up, specifically in British courts right now, uh, that are seeking to do to carbon polluters what the American courts were able to do to tobacco companies uh, decades ago, which said, hey, you can deny it all you want, but here's the science that links tobacco use to cancers. And one thing that we can do as a court is to punish you by making you pay damages. So in the very next episode of The Solar Spill, Susanna and I are going to kind of break down this ongoing newish vein or newish sort of strategy in the British legal uh, system to begin to give uh, some teeth uh, to uh, the claim that, you know, some carbon polluters need to be held to task uh, and need to pay out some damages for, for what they're doing. So, again, this was kind of a dark, uh, darker episode than we like to um, record. But guys, like, if listeners, dear listeners, um, it would be impossible for us to ignore uh, the urgent crisis in front of us um, and the immense suffering, the death uh, that is occurring on the Pacific Northwest. Um, and how, honestly urgent it all is if we if we don't say something or do something 10 years ago and right now um there will be very little left to um talk about it's true the time is now i'm excited to get to part two think about these legal frameworks and also like if you want to go solar you should call some common we're really good at that absolutely <laughs> um do your part yeah we we definitely are very good at that uh so um yeah please check us out at somecommon.com and Check back in very soon for part two of this uh, sort of two-parter Solar Spill episode. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Susanna, and try to keep cool. You too.